On today's episode, why doing rentals today guarantees sales tomorrow. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with amazing person, top producer, and recent 30 under 30 NAR winner, Quentin Green. Before we get to Quentin, a few uh, quick uh, announcements. We'll keep it very short, but please always, we always ask this and we're going to keep asking because it means so much to us. Please tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that needs to hear what we do on this podcast. Send them a link either to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com or over, uh, or they can just pull up a podcast app and search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. We so much appreciate it. Thanks in advance for doing that. And also, please leave us a review. Take just a few seconds, whatever podcast app you might be listening, and let us know what you think of the show. Okay, enough for me. Let's get to our interview with Quentin Green. Today on the show, we have Quentin Green from Downtown Apartment and Realty Company. Let me tell you about Quentin. Uh, he, by the way, Quentin is here in the Chicagoland area. Um, but let me tell you about Quentin. Um, now, Quentin is a partner and director of development at Downtown Apartment and Realty Company. He entered the business in mid-2016 upon graduating from SLU, uh, St. Louis University, Quentin comes from a long line of land entrepreneurs and is a third generation realtor, which is in a large part how he got into the industry. In Quentin's first four years as a realtor, he was primarily leasing apartments in downtown Chicago. He's leased over 400 apartments across the Chicagoland area. And in 2021, Quentin was recognized by the Chicago Association of Realtors as a top rental producer and did a little over 10 million in sales, which was a 900% increase in sales production year over year. So in just one year, he went from uh, essentially about one or 2 million in sales all the way up to, I can't do the math, but but up to 10 million. I might have that first part wrong. Quentin can correct me, but amazing growth in a one-year period. Quentin has also served as the 2021 chair for the Chicago Association of Realtors Young Professionals Network and was also, and just up within the last week, 
was recently selected as an honoree for Realtor Magazines. This is National Association of Realtors, 30 under 30 for the class of 2022. Uh, so congratulations, Quentin, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's weird uh, hearing all that. Uh, get rattled off. A lot happened in one year. Uh, but yeah, no, longtime listener. I've been tuning in, you know, well before I met you. So, you know, I, I couldn't be uh, happier to, to be on. Yeah, I, I first met Quentin. Um, I I think um, the first I met was when I joined YPN. Quentin was the chair, and YPN for those of you who aren't familiar, um, I'm not sure if they have them in, at every local association across the country, but in the Chicagoland area at the Chicago Association of Realtors, it's the Young Professionals Network. And um, Quentin and I actually just saw him earlier today at, at an event. We're still on uh, the committee together, but he used to chair the committee, and so I I got to work sort of underneath him, um, helping out and. And it was, I was always very impressed with Quentin and the congratulations on the 30 under 30 award. That is a big, big deal. Many, many people apply for it and, and very few ever get to achieve it. So congrats there. Yeah, and you. also, yeah, no, I'm, uh, it, it's awesome. And I know that, um, was it, was this your last year of eligibility for, for it? No, so I'm 27. So, oh, which was, yeah, time. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> if I didn't get it, this is my first time applying. Cause obviously like, you know, I, I just had you know, a big year. Uh, and I would never have gotten it last year. Let's be honest. So like, I, I was ready for it this year. Um, you know, I had some, some good people write recommendation letters, I think went a long way. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, even I was kind of surprised to get it, figured I'd have to, you know, apply again next year and, and hopefully, you know, get it then or, you know, year after that. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. So we want every year for our show, whenever that 30 under 30 list comes out, uh, we we usually start contacting those those agents um, because we think you know gosh our listeners would would love to probably hear we we talk to so many brokers that uh, so many realtors that have been doing this for twenty plus years and that's not always super relatable to to newer agents and the right. fact that you were able to to uh, receive that award um, in in really um, you know at twenty seven in your first time applying is is truly remarkable because we talk we end up talking to a lot of the 30 under 30 people on the show so um really really great i actually ran into uh jordan Pyle, who's also on our show he was a past oh, 30 yeah. under 30 winner as well i ran into him in the restroom this morning and, uh, at at the event we were all at so it was jordan nice was there i didn't even see him he was yeah oh he, damn okay yeah he was there and i know I he and him. you are, are really close so um so that was yeah he that was wrote fun. uh he was one of our recommendation letters actually <laughs> yeah it's a small world it is it is um well, let's let's start. And I'm sorry, we sh everyone should be following Quentin on Instagram. We're going to have a link to that in our show notes. But his Instagram account is Quentin Green, and that's Q-U-N-T-I-N, green without an E at the end. So just green like the color, underscore R-E, Quentin Green, underscore R-E on Instagram. And also you can find him on Facebook. Just search for Quentin Green. He'll pop right up. Um, but well, let's talk about how you got into real estate. So, so uh not, I was going to say fun fact, but it's really not fun to anyone other than me. Um, I lived in, uh, I lived in, in St. Louis, um, right out of college. I went to school in Ohio and, and, uh, got a job. My aunt got me this terrible, terrible job, but, um, <laughs> this, this job, uh, in St. Louis. And so I, I moved to the central West end. So, um, I actually was kind of in between wash you and SLU and, yeah. um, and I, and I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of friends that went to SLU and um, what a, what a cool, I just like that school. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, it is. And, and, you know, and then you, you came back here, of course, after school and then went, went basically right into real estate. Is that my understanding? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't know what I was going to do out of school. You know, like I was, yeah, I, I was interviewing at consulting firms and, sure. you know, like a few banks and I, I 
was just like immediately intimidated and I, I just didn't think that I would, I would last. And, you know, I, I don't know, it wasn't for me. So I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I figured maybe law school would be something I would do down the road, but like in the sure. meantime, I was like, well, I need a job. So, um, you know, having both my parents, you know, they have their own firm here for, I mean, 15 years probably. Um, and you know, they, 10 of which I'm sure they were top producers for, um, you know, I, I just got my license right away. Uh, started working at the company that I'm at now, um, just kind of doing rentals. And, you know, I'd say the first two years I was very much in between, um, staying and leaving. I was always like sort of one foot out the door. I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Um, but you know, I stuck to it and, you know, it ended up being a much, much longer career than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. And you haven't just, Quentin's a, a very humble person, but you, you didn't, you didn't just stick to it. You, you were really, really committed whether, um, you know, whether you're sort of able to sort of see that as, as much as maybe, maybe I have seen that in, in you, because, um, I, I, you know, I, I've just seen lots and lots of agents and, and I understand the the rental game is, is a grind and it's tough. Um, mm -hmm. it just is, it's, it's a lot of flaky people. It's a lot of, you know, they're, they, maybe they're talking to, to two other, you know, realtors or two other yeah. you know leasing consultants at the same time. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of things that fall through. And that being said, I've always thought that rentals, and I know that, you know, you're, you're now doing predominantly sales, but, but rentals were, I always thought such a smart way to enter the business. And of course, not every market can really support that where an agent can kind of start, uh, you know, doing sort of those mm -hmm. quicker deals, but boy, I mean, it's so, so funny. There's a direct line between home ownership and rentals and yeah. pretty much all of us rented before we bought. And so I think, um, it's just such a smart, smart play, but tell us about how you got started in rentals. Like, like really, what was that like for you? So, yeah, I mean, my whole thing was like, I mean, again, part of the only reason why I ended up choosing like real estate over like any other sales job was because I, you know, I had my parents and I saw them kind of do it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this is, this is a good way to get into the business. I have people I can get on the phone with at any moment and give them a call. And so, you know, after a lot of discussion, like I talked to, you know, a few top producers as well to see it. And I didn't know if I was going to join a team. Cause it was either I joined a team of yeah. like a top producing uh, sure. agent and I learned the business that way. And like, I firmly believe that you either go that route or you've got to go the ground up route of starting at rentals and building your business. But like, if you do that, you have to realize that like, this is a long-term time horizon and you're, you're going to be, you know, eating shit for a at least a little bit if you go this yeah. route. Um, and so I was like, you know what, screw it. You know, I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give it a shot and, you know, I'll just kind of build my own books. So I started doing rentals that way. And that's what really attracted me to it. Um, you know, of course there's people in between those two spectrums that end up like crushing it and do incredibly well. I just think for most people, especially if you're young and it's like one of your first jobs, like you gotta do one of those two options in my opinion. Well, yeah, um, because your, your friends and, and, you know, I mean, my friends, when I was in my early twenties, they weren't buying homes. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, either you got to help them rent or you join one of those teams where they're going to be providing you a lot of leads and they'll just kind of show you the ropes. You'll be sitting open houses. You'll be taking, you know, you'll, you'll be showing listings, whatever. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I started doing downtown apartment um, rentals, you know, a lot of stuff not on the MLS. You know, that's what our company pretty much only did back then. We would just take them to, you know, a lot of the Preston Man's rental buildings. Um, and it was really just a volume game. Uh, and, you know, it, it still is a lot of people at our company still still do that. Uh, but that, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much how I, how I got into it. It was between that or joining like a larger team. Yeah. And I, I want to just define what, what Quentin just talked about with these, we'll call them non MLS, uh, apartment listings, because this is not only specific to the Chicagoland area. Although we do have a lot of apartments, uh, here in, in the Chicago of course, with our population that, 
never hit the MLS. So, so what we're talking about is, um, these could be anything from high rise buildings to even just single family homes that are managed by a property management company who still will work with realtors to get, get their stuff rented. They just don't list it on the MLS because there's no listing agent. They don't want to pay a listing agent. They just want to pay whoever brings in the renter. And so if you are in an area where if what I just said is completely foreign to you, here's how you can find out if these listings exist go to Facebook marketplace, or I, I don't know, Craigslist probably no one uses anymore, but any sort of place where, where there's ads for apartments and look for, you know, if they're posted by a, you know, a management company or even just the building itself, and literally just pick up the phone and call the management company and say, Hey, I, I'm a realtor. I also do apartments sometimes, you know, can I rent your properties? Cause I'm guessing they're not on the MLS. And what they'll do is they'll start to send you, uh, it depends on, on, of course, uh, the building, whether they'll work with the agents or not, but oftentimes, at least here in Chicago, most of them will almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about it is because there's no listing agent, at least here in the Chicagoland area, typically the commissions are a full month's rent, sometimes even more, depending on the time of the year, if they're uh, needing oh, yeah. to fill more space. So you, you can earn 125, 150% of one month's rent. Um, and, and there's a, there's some downsides to working with property management companies too, mm-hmm. but it, it opens up this huge additional amount of inventory that the MLS just doesn't have. Yep. Um, so for anyone listening, call some of these big buildings, or if you live in a more rural area, maybe just look up management companies, call them and say, hey, I'm a realtor. Do you have any places that need to get rented? Um, and if so, will you, know, will you pay me a commission if I find you someone? And and you'll, I bet you'd be surprised that most of these management companies will probably say yes. So anyway, yeah. sorry to, 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 to pause that. I just no, wanted that's to good. I'm that glad point. you said that about commission because I didn't know what I could or couldn't say. You know, we're so used to like that antitrust stuff. So I'm like, all right, but that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they pay, they pay twice as much typically. Um, and yeah. So it's funny, the cat's totally out of the bag now. Like when I first started in 2016, like I it, I thought this was normal, but like no other companies really did this. Like there were a no, few, very few companies that specifically specialize in these like luxury rentals. And so like we still to this day, we have our own like CRM, our own internal yeah. database of all these buildings and con- and all this stuff. Like it's super built out. It's totally custom. And we've had that for, you know, since I've been with the company and now you're starting to see a lot of these bigger firms be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're totally like these crumbs. They're not crumbs. Right. Like we got to we got to start going after a lot of this stuff. Um, And and so you're seeing more of that now and where a lot of people, you know, regardless of what company you're at, they'll they'll do more of this. But yeah, back then, you know, we were some of the only players in that market. And you you've done a lot of apartments and I'm curious on the not not that there's any specific numbers to that. I'm sure you could rattle off. But um, how many of those customers that were rental clients? Um, over time evolved into buyers? Is it, is it been um, quite a few? Yeah, it's been a few. Um, I don't have an exact number for you. I would say like, God of, you know, I don't, I think I've done over 400 rentals, at least maybe like 10 to 15 have went and bought through me as well. It's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, like 10 to 15 out of 400, like in my, the way I look at it, like I haven't even gotten started with that. Of course. You know, yeah, we, and I'm happy with it. Don't get me wrong, but, um, but yeah, I think there's stuff. There's definitely a lot more people from that, you know, pipeline that are that are going to be buying. Well, and 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 right now it's 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 tricky because here, at least here in Chicago, inventory is so low that a lot of people are going to continue to rent for a while until you know, until things change, um, with, with inventory and pricing. So it's, right. uh, it's, it's, you, you have a lot of people probably just waiting, um, or, or maybe they're building up, you know, more of a down payment or, or whatever they're doing, but, right. but luxury apartment people eventually buy, um, every single one pretty much, unless they're, 
somebody that maybe floats around from, from city to city for their job or something, but the vast majority of them are going to purchase. They're going to go, they're going to work with an agent and uh, you've set yourself up quite nicely. Um, I, I'm curious about this because I think even for our listeners that aren't doing rentals, I think, you know, you're talking about just getting started um, and, you know, you have this, these, these people that you've worked with in the past and yeah, only 10 or 15 of them have become sellers or buyers, but still that's, that's an amazing number. Um, it really is. And, and this, just this idea of th that's just going to keep going, rolling for, for you every year, maybe even quite a bit more. Um, and I'm curious on how you stay in touch with somebody like that, like, how do you continue to just make sure that they remember that you're the guy that rented them the apartment three years ago? Is, is that difficult or do you have systems in place or how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's certainly not like my expertise. Um, I, what I do now, you know, it took me three and a half to four years to really like sit down. Cause I don't know when I first started, man, I was not thinking about anything. I was like, just put my head down, like show up and just rent units. And then, sure. you know, I, was, I got sick of doing that. To be totally honest, I was like, all right, we got to figure out a way to get to the next step faster. So I, I took pretty much all my past clients, what anyone I've interacted with, I have just, you know, on an Excel sheet. Um, I make sure I don't put any agents on that because I hate when agents send me newsletters and all that BS and they just yes. take their whole inbox. It's infuriating. Um, I'm not your target audience. And so, you know, I have that and I, I do monthly newsletters, which is good. Um, and it's normally really good content. I, I, or at least I like to think based on, you know, what people tell me. Um, so I do that. And then I always just, you know, obviously certain clients, you spark more of a connection relationship with others. And, you know, I really go out of my way to just kind of check in every once in a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's no trick. I literally use an Excel sheet and I throw it into, you know, constant contact and bam, you know, kind of punch it out. But I didn't start doing that till a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, it, it it is it is one of those things that when you're when you're first starting, you're just trying to survive, and you're like, I just yeah. gotta I gotta pay the bills, and I gotta I gotta get these yeah. deals closed so I can I can eat. And then um, the idea that four years from now I'm gonna like come up with a four year plan to keep on top of this for you know, which is 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 just not you know not something you have the bandwidth for at that time. Um, yeah. But uh, but but now being able to go back is 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 great because yeah. Very few people ever go back. So like if, if you ever, I've learned this about life, like with follow-up, like even if you lose touch with somebody or if you drop the ball, and I'm not saying you've ever done that, but I know I've done that a lot. And it's like, even if you just go back and you're like, Hey man, sorry for, uh, or not, you probably wouldn't say, Hey man, but, but sorry for, uh, for, for, you know, sort of being, uh, being absent, but I, you know, I, I definitely want to, you know, continue the conversation and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, it, usually people are like, Oh, okay, that's great. You know, people usually, um, you know, they don't go back um, once they they drop the ball. And I think that's a, a missed opportunity to, to reconnect with somebody. And, you know, if they don't like you, they'll tell you. <laughs> and, uh, totally. But but they probably do like you and probably are like, oh, I'm glad to hear, you know, you're coming back. Um, you know, it's yeah. like kind of like getting a call from an old friend that's like, I know we haven't talked in 15 years, but I was just thinking about you. It's like, that's a, still a nice feeling. And I understand you know, it's not exactly the same as that, but, but it's sort of, mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's great. Um, I also want to talk just, just briefly, because I think this is particularly interesting just as a crazy success story, but, um, I know that you've also worked with investors and you have one client in particular, who's really been an, and it seems like it's really been like this amazing force in your life. And I, most everyone I've interviewed on this show has a somewhat of a similar story where it's like this one person that I, you know, somehow met, they ended up introducing me to, you know, a lot of other people that turned into business. Everyone seems to have this one client and, and you've done that on the investor side. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about how you met that person and what yeah. kind of deals you guys have done? Totally. Yeah. So 
Um, the client you're talking about, he's someone who, you know, he'll just buy a couple, you know, multifamily properties uh, once a year, basically. Uh, sure. When I met him, I didn't know that that was what he did. So he he had reached out. It was right when COVID hit and he uh, was doing Airbnbs on a four unit, um, you know, right on right around Armitage Sheffield. So sure. like a plus location, he was crushing yeah. it. Uh, he was, he was actually starting to see his bookings go down. So he was kind of ahead of like the COVID, you know, the, the COVID like wave. He was like a month or two early and he was like, yeah, something's off. I don't know. But anyways, I want to get into uh, leasing these full time. So I was literally just sitting in the office. He calls, you know, I go, check wow, that was a, that was an intelligent sort of lucky, not lucky, probably had some, some intelligence behind it that didn't make it so lucky, but just even thinking I'm going to switch from short term to long term. Oh, he's a super sophisticated pre- guy. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. Anyway, that's he, amazing. He is. I mean, yeah. he, he noticed the decline. He was like, something's off. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but uh, it doesn't really make as much sense anymore. So he ended up, I ended up going taking a look at the properties. Uh, you know, they were great units and it was all furnished. So we rented those. And I think I rented them for him within like two days. He already had professional pictures. And, oh, and by the way, how did he find you? So he called my office. So like okay. we get, yeah, we, and we get called. Just a like random this. phone call. Random phone call. Totally random. I was the first guy he called, I think. He had used a previous agent to buy the property in like 2017. And, you know, he said, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't get along. I, I couldn't tell you what happened there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we rented him in two days. He was super happy. And he was actually like making the same amount he was with Airbnb after the, you know, whatever, 25, 30% fees that you'd pay uh, to the manager yeah. of it. So he was good to go. Um, and, you know, since then, I've really kept in touch with him. Um, he ended up buying. And so this guy, he ended up buying four more properties through me in between like today and when I first met him, which would, which ended up being about over $3 million per year. And he doesn't even Amazing. view these properties <laughs> like before he sees them. Like I pretty much go there and, you know, I, I, I you know, do the pro form analysis, all that stuff. Yeah. And he, you know, he's also super sophisticated. So he's got his own numbers that he's, that he's working on. Um, and so he kind of uses me as eyes, ears. And then, you know, he's also like, like, I don't manage units. I don't want to get in management. Um, you know, it scares the hell out of me. But what I will do is, like, I'll handle all the leasing. So, like, for him specifically, like, I will be on top of the leases when it's 60, 90 days out. And I'll go ahead and do the renewals and all that stuff. And so I just handle the entire leasing process on the back end. And sure. honestly, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's easier for me. I don't have to communicate with him when leases are up and all that stuff. And it saves him a ton of time. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been an amazing relationship. Um, and, and, yeah, it's all from one office call. Just, you know, I was just sitting there. And by the way, for everyone listening, if you want a little tip about how to reverse engineer this, and obviously Quentin um, has has a very fortunate story where the phone rang and, and he just happened to get the call, and and you know not all of us can 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 just have that happen. And I'm not saying that, of course, Quentin works insanely hard, but it just was a nice break that that fell your way. And if you want to create that own break for yourself, um, yeah, the phone's probably not going to ring for the rest of us. So instead, what we can do is, if you ever just are driving down a street and you see a for rent sign perfect reason to pick up the phone with the, f- the phone number and just call and say, Hey, are you the owner? Are you the property manager? Hey, great. I'm a realtor. And I, you know, I sometimes rent properties and I, I don't know if this one's available still, but I just wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, the place. So if I ever have a tenant, blah, blah, blah. And what eventually will happen if you make enough of those calls, at least here in the Chicagoland area and probably everywhere is you do find investors like that who go like, Oh, you kind of caught me at a good time. I don't really want to deal with the leasing side of this anymore. Um, I want to, I'll outsource it to you. I, you know, I don't want to 
to do it. And, and then eventually those people are like, oh yeah, I have other properties or I'm buying more properties. And so mm-hmm. you hit that vein of investor. Um, you, you had that great relationship and you've nurtured it and, and, oh my gosh, like it didn't just, it wasn't just the leasing side. Now you have all these, um, you know, you have what, 6 million in sales just from this one guy. I mean, that is an amazing relationship that you've built. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic. And one thing I'll add to that is um, like, part of me is like, you know, every once in a while, you're like, oh, it's luck, whatever. But the thing is, like, you got to show up every day in order to get lucky. And with some, you know, with something like that, like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that some guy just, you know, calls an office, but everyone's got that one, that one, you know, lucky moment or whatever. And one thing that they have in common, though, is that like, yeah, he called that one day, but I was at the office for like eight hours every single day. And I would be the first one totally. into the office. So that way the first lead would go to me directly, you know? So that's just, you know, that's just what, what you do. And yeah, there's great stories from it. Um, and that's another thing that I would also point out is you, these, these landlords, the, you people have no idea how many phone calls they're getting from a lot of these middle market brokers um, who specifically focus on like multifamily, basically trying to get in front of them and put up presentations in order to sell their properties. And so that's what I'm going to be dedicating. You know, I don't really mind tipping my hand at all, but like one thing I'm focusing more on is reaching out to these landlords and actually offering them rental services. And then, you know, towards that, and then, you know, if they ever do want to sell or acquire another property, you know, they'll have someone who knows what they're doing. And it's really just all about getting in front of these people, you know, and, and, and knowing the language they speak. And if you can offer a service to them, you know, instead of just calling them up and be like, Hey, I could sell your property with this much. It'll, it'll get, I guarantee you, it'll be a way better way to get your foot in the door. To do rentals, to offer the rental service. Oh first. yeah. 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 I, I, I think so. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. So this, this goes back to the, well, how do you find these people? Well, you, you look at, you look at the ads. Um, you know, if you, you, you can a lot of times tell when you see an ad on Facebook marketplace or, or elsewhere, if you look at the comments or, or the description, you can tell when it's written by a realtor off, it's supposed to say realtor on it. So right. you, you sh- they should know that, but sometimes it doesn't, but you, you get a sense of like, who, who might, um, you know, who, who might not really want to do that side of the business. Cause you might just see really poorly done ads and, 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 and that's another opportunity to contact them and say, Hey, I can help you with this. Um, yep. and, and it's kind of one of those things too, with those phone calls, it's like either the, the investor will know right away when you, when you call them, whether they're willing to work with an agent or not, you might still have to earn the right to work with that particular, uh, uh, investor. But this idea that you're like, Hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And yes. And I think the point you're making about make your own luck is, is really a very, very true point. Like Quentin didn't just luck his way into that. Um, he happened to be there on the day that that call came in, but the hundreds and hundreds of hours you put in prior to uh, to right. not getting those calls and just kind of doing your reps um, is is really how it is and and yeah I I, I I it is funny because I always caution like I always wince a little when somebody tells a story like that because I think oh I don't want people to think that like you just got lucky because <laughs> like yeah, luck right. doesn't really come into it um, uh, yeah it, well it uh, does you know you'll have lucky moments but you see you got to show up every day in order to have those lucky moments you know I mean you just have a way more likely chance of getting lucky if you're in a position to be lucky you know yeah so. you know let's let's talk about your and I know every realtor's days for most realtors days are different but I I feel like you're a pretty regimented or structured guy um so how does because you you really are do you work predominantly from home or do you go into the office off much or uh, I'm a little half and half, you know, I have a monitor at home, which 
is like a godsend for me and I don't have one in the office. So I find myself being in the office mainly for, you know, like partner meetings, um, meetings with like different teams for properties we're doing lease ups at, or like in between showings, I'll pull out my laptop, but I, I'm just so much more productive with a monitor. So I, I mean, I need to get a monitor in the office. <laughs> it's kind right. of what I just figured out talking through that. <laughs> but as, as far as, um, you know, what does your day to, to, to typically look like? Like, how do you structure it so that you, at the end of the day, you feel like, okay, I, I feel like I did, a, I had a good day today. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I'm not the most structured in the world. I, I certainly put in a lot of hours, like, like anyone else though, you know, I'll be working till, you know, nine o'clock on and off. Um, but you know, at least every day I'll, I'll have at least five to 10 showings typically, um, so between rentals and sales and, you know, between me and my team, we all have each other's calendars. So, you know, we can do all that stuff, which is really helpful, but every morning, the, like the first thing I do is I just kind of check the market, um, you know, at any given moment, like, and this is a thing that I would say to anyone who like wants to get into a market or anyone who wants to do something like just set up automatic MLS searches and get a feel for like inventory. Like at any given moment, I'll have, you know, 30 to 50 MLS auto searches running and it'll send directly to me, you know, half of which are for clients, half of which are just stuff I want to be on top of in case I have that conversation. So, you know, I could rattle stuff off and exactly know the direction of the market. So I'll go through that stuff and I have myself on an auto search and I send it directly to all my clients, which, you know, everyone does, whatever. But that that to me is very religious um, and it's, it's almost like meditative, just being able to look through like all the new listings and, you know, price changes and all that stuff and kind of pummel through it. But yeah, beyond that, you know, we have weekly meetings. Um, I have structure there, but I'm, I'm not as structured. And, and that's partially, I think, because, you know, I haven't really had to be, to be totally honest. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but I, I appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. And then as far as like learning the market, it's something that I think oftentimes is not talked about enough uh, unless you're lucky enough to have a mentor or uh, a coach that's like, you got to learn, you know, some geographic area you really have to sort of master, which takes years and years, truthfully. Um, but you're talking about studying the market every day. So did you, obviously in Chicago, we have so many different neighborhoods that anybody can specialize in. Um, but um, it's not always uh, easy to to have multiple of those markets to really understand at a detailed level. But, you know, how do you go about doing that? Do you focus in, in a just a, obviously, I know, you, you, you know, clients could be anywhere, but are there certain areas where you're like, I'm going to hyper focus. So I am the expert in XYZ neighborhood. Is that is that something that's important to you? Or are you still trying to get your bearings and figure out, you know, what areas are, are most important to you? Yeah, I guess the sort of, you know, I do a lot of stuff in West Loop and that's certainly been um, an area that I've focused on quite a bit. Um, mainly, like, I, I use this for just to kind of know what is hitting the market. Because if I get, if I get a client or like a Zillow lead or anything like that, and they're, they reach out to me and they're like, oh, this, you know, I know exactly what they're talking about, like right, right away, because I just saw that unit hit the market this morning. Um, there's no specific area, but like I specifically work in the downtown markets and then the surrounding neighborhoods. So like probably as far North as like Andersonville, as far, I'll, I'll go pretty far on the South side, but you sure. know, cause I grew up in Beverly. So I'll do all that stuff. Um, but I, I grew up in the city. I know all these neighborhoods really, really well. Um, and you know, having these auto searches up and just seeing what stuff trades for, to me, it just has made it so much easier to have these conversations and not think about anything and just know all these numbers. And, you know, people are like, oh, wow, like you really kind of, you have your ranges down all this stuff. And, you know, it's taken years for me just looking at stuff, but, you know, it, it, it really does help. And then obviously you can go through InfoSparks and, and get a better picture as well. But that's obviously flawed because, you know, you can only, it only plugs through showing time. So. 
Right, right. Yeah. So InfoSparks for, for some of you, you'll have that uh, add on uh, with your MLS service. We use a service called MRED. But anyway, um, you'll probably have some sort of uh, plugin. But, but what Quentin says is really important is setting up those auto searches for yourself in the areas that you, you know, you really should know what condos are available in, in your preferred market. You should know when something hits the market and you really do have to set up those auto searches. That's a great tip. I'm not sure anyone in the five years I've done this show has actually given that specific specific tips. So that's a really great one is set your, it, whatever area you want to focus on, set up those auto searches for yep. condos, Just single family homes, apartments. Totally. Uh, yeah. And, See stuff, and get I, exposed to it. And then with the multifamily properties, like what I would yeah. do is I would just, I would have auto searches running everywhere. I would know exactly what, you know, what a two to four unit would trade for on a cap rate in various neighborhoods. And I would also go and underwrite a lot of these properties just for the hell of it. Cause I didn't have anything to do, but I knew I wanted to work more in multifamily. So I'll just get more and more familiar with, you know, running cash on cash, running cap rates and getting an idea of like what stuff trades for, you know, on a neighborhood. And like, eventually that stuff's just going to stick in your brain and you're going to sound really smart to that guy. And they're gonna be like, oh, you know what you're talking about? Like, cool. Like we're, we're let's, let's, yeah, let's move forward. Yeah, it's 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 really important, um, and it's something that again we spend so much time as realtors thinking about marketing and and customer service and just the ins and outs of, of finding clients or keeping clients, but we don't often talk think about like sharpening the tools so much. For I mean, Quentin of course does, but a lot of agents, you know, part of their day is not studying the market, and even if you added thirty minutes to your day um, for anyone listening who's currently not studying the market, this is a great opportunity because within a year or two, you're going to be, an, you're going to know more than just about any other agent in your area. You're just, you just are. Um, and, or you'll know as much as the top agents. And, and that's, that's, that's worth its weight in gold when you're up against other, um, maybe you're a listing presentation and you're up against, you know, three other big time agents and you're able to sort of, you know, talk intelligently and not just about, here's all the things I can do for you. It's like, Hey, right. I've taken a look. Here's what I think. Here's what I'm seeing out there, you know, and here's some data to back it up. Um, totally. But, there's no easy way around that other than that's, that's the marathon of being a realtor, I think is, is really just mastering the craft and knowing your, knowing your stuff. So um, I, I appreciate you sharing how you do that on a, on a daily basis. What, what other habits have been helpful for you in order to, you know, really excel and, and sort of get to this level? Like what, what have you found that's been sort of what makes the difference in, in, you know, how you find and service clients? Yeah. I mean, this will either be obvious or not obvious to most people. Like I didn't really start using, like I would always have, I would put stuff in my own calendar, but I wouldn't really start like making sure everyone is on a calendar invite until like maybe two years ago. And that has just completely changed my life. Like being able to see like my agent's calendar and then also like just having everything on one calendar. Cause I know some agents don't do it, which is like crazy. And I also yeah. know that like, like there's only a few, you know, larger teams I could think of where I received those calendar invites from. You know, like there's not many now I, you know, I, to be honest, I saw Larry do it and I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this every time. If this guy's figured it out and like, and, and it sounds obvious and it sounds like dumb, like, cause a lot of people are like, oh, I put it in my calendar, but like, it has been life-changing for me just to, to do that. Like that way people are getting double noted. Some people just go through showing time. They don't put anything in their calendar and it's crazy. Right. So, so what Quentin's talking about is, is through, through our MLS, um, when, when you request a showing and, uh, through the, the automated service, which, which the one we use is called showing time, um, then you get confirmation, but it doesn't automatically get plugged into your calendar. Um, and, and so when you're doing that, do you also send an invite to the client as well? Yeah, a calendar always. Invite? 
pretty much everyone. I saw the listing agent, the or not the listing agent. The, I'll I'll send it to my agent. But if I'm the listing agent on property, I will absolutely send it to the buyer's and renter's agent as well. And it. also, it helps me from wasting my time because a lot of people forget to um, forget to cancel or something like that. And if I see that they didn't accept something, I reach out, or they'll just cancel the showing there, and they won't cancel on showing time. So. Since I did that, like my, the people who would like stand me up or cancel on me has gone way down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lesson I had to learn, um, in a different way, but the same, same idea was I had to, uh, really have a good, um, reminder system. I mean, I, I do everything with calendar invites too. Uh, but for me, when I, when I recruit realtors and we, <laughs> we have a whole system where it's like a day before they get an email and a text, uh, the, 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 an hour before they get an email and a text because, you know, uh, agents are busy and, and they just often forget, or it, it's shocking to me how many agents themselves do not keep calendars. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I don't know who keeps a calendar, who doesn't. Cause I wouldn't really ask. Cause I wouldn't. People don't someone. though. That's the but thing. People don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's sort of, but it's a lot, a lot of it's like new agents. And like, I still do work with a lot of rentals. So I am normally on the listing side for rentals. So I am dealing with a lot of new agents and yeah, if, you, if it's just something through showing time, you don't have that calendar invite, like you'll get stood up a lot. And it sucks. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 and then also, um, one, one thing I learned from Matt, Matt Laracy, who's just for anyone listening, I, uh, I interviewed him several years ago on the show, but he, um, it's a great interview because he's, can, he's one of the top agents here in Chicago. Yeah, I think I've listened and, to that one actually. Yeah. Oh, good. He's, um, he's, he's very, uh, earnest person and, and he's just, just sort of tells it how he sees it. And one thing that he did that very few people that have ever been on my show have did who was running a couple minutes late is about five minutes before the meeting, or maybe no, it's about 10 minutes before the meeting. He messages me and we're not like, we weren't, we're not friends to the extent where he's like, you know, we're chatting. Hi, how's it going? I'd really never spoken to him before. And, um, he sends me a message. He's like, Hey man, I'm running about five minutes late. Just want to let you know, sorry. And, and I was like, it sounds so simple and so obvious. And I just, it just reminded me that he did that. And it really stuck out to me. And I was like, that is super respectful. And it would have been fine if he never had done that. Cause five minutes, no big deal. Sometimes I fi- I'm five minutes late, but right. the fact that he thought to do that was just such a great practice around being respectful of someone else's time. And so that's really what you're speaking to is, is setting yourself up to, to have as few of those people bail on you. But also it's, it's really to respect everyone's time by, by scheduling it. And it sounds, again, it does sound obvious, but I think so many things are what I would call the elusive obvious, like right. so simple, but then you're like, oh, it really does make, make a difference. Um, so, so there's that. So, so that's important to you. Um, what, as far as when, when you meet somebody, um, how do you establish rapport with them? I think we always, on this show, we never talk about that because we just assume that like everybody knows how to immediately build rapport. And of course, that's not everybody's skill set. Um, you, you're somebody who I think is is very friendly, you're very affable. Um, but how do you go about trying to connect with somebody who maybe is a phone call that comes in or a lead that comes in where you're like, that's not a referral, they don't know me. How do you really initiate the conversation? Because again, at least here in Chicago, there's a lot of agents that will want to work with that renter or that buyer or that seller. Um, we have 46,000 realtors in the, in the area. Um, how do you go about establishing rapport? Yeah. I mean, I would say like at least 85 to 90% of my business is probably like referrals or past clients to be totally honest. Like a lot of the new like leads that come in, like I, I 
especially like rental leads, like I'll give those to my team. Um, for the other ones, that's like, but there was a time when it wasn't that way for you. So I'm right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, to some degree, like you either like have it or you don't like same thing when I'm dealing with like insurance people or car sales or like whatever, you know, you kind of either have it or you don't and, you know, lenders, like whatever, you name it. Uh, But one thing I, I, I will say that, you know, I make a point to do is like, I'm constantly just, you know, filling my brain with a ton of random shit. So, you know, I'll listen to four to six hours of podcasts at least every day. Um, And so like a lot of my clients, you know, for whatever reason, like a lot of them are like bankers, um, you know, whether they're like UBS, William Blair, whatever. And like, I spend like, like an embarrassing amount of time just like listening to like finance podcasts. And so like, I'm able to have incredibly in-depth conversations with them about like what's going on, like in the markets, generally speaking. And like, they're really, you know, impressed by it. So like, I, I would say find your thing and, you know, try to expose yourself to as much information as possible. And just from talking to people, you'll eventually get on a certain subject that you'll be pretty educated on and, and you'll just kind of be able to, 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 to rattle things off. You know, I, I, to me, it's been really helpful. And also like we talk with so many people as an agent every day. So you kind of just naturally should be getting better and better at it in general. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that's kind of typically how I try to make connections. Um, other than that, like, you know, I don't, you know, that there's no secret that I, that I, that I'm aware that I'm doing, you know, so. No, but, but I think do you're doing your homework really. And, and I think, um, you know, for anyone listening, uh, here's a really simple thing that you can do if you're going to meet with somebody, whether it's a renter, investor, buyer, seller, you know, anyone, um, if you find out where they work, uh, if you know that in advance, you could just do a quick Google search, go to the news and see what's going on with that particular company. If there's anything in the news, um, you can, or go to LinkedIn, check out their LinkedIn page, see what they're up to. They maybe yeah. they post or, and, and you, you get to learn about them quite a bit. And then you can just like, you know, William Blair's is a great, 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 uh, example. Like there's a million things always going on with William Blair, but if you don't know that you don't know it and cuz you're not in that world and the fact that you take the time to sort of learn about things that interest you but also are part of your clients lives i think is is instant rapport right there i mean i'm always impressed when somebody's like oh i saw this this thing about real estate um and they'll talk to me socially and i don't unfortunately know that much about real estate but, but, honestly but so i oftentimes i'm like really tell me about it but but i i i'm reading a lot of other things and yeah. um so you're right i i find um the more, more information that you have about just things in general, um, gives you a lot to talk about when you're, when you're chatting with somebody. And, um, so that, I think that's a really, really great tip is, yeah. is just always keep learning. Yeah. I'm like, go, go find a sports team and be a fan, know that sports team, you know, and like a lot of people went to college and they're diehard sports fans, like go pick a team, you know, be a fan of that team and, you know, see where that takes it. I guarantee you, you're sitting in a car. Where'd you go to college? Oh, you went to Ohio State. Oh, you're a dial hired Ohio State fan. I'm Michigan. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so many different things. You, you figure it out, but just expose yourself and put in as much information as your brain as possible. And that self will just come out naturally when you're you're meeting with told, you know, type, different types of people. Yeah, that's a really smart thing. I'm not really a sports guy, so I I've not particularly ever built that skill set. And it is it is absolutely sports are just one of those things where, um, you know, I'm at a party or a cocktail thing, and people will just want to talk about uh, professional sports or college sports, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, I can't really participate. <laughs> it I can't participate in this conversation, and it sucks because. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, you know, I'm into other things and that's fine, but, um, but yeah, it does sort of suck to, to not know about any part of sports. I mean, I play sports, but, but I really don't watch it. And so it's, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like people, I, I play tennis. I don't know any of the tennis players other than like the two or three that everyone knows, but, but it's like, 
I don't even know that. And so it really is kind of, it, it's, it, it's actually doesn't serve me well. Not that I have to be somebody who goes to every Cubs game, for example, but, um, and I do like going to Cubs games. I just don't know the players, but it, it is one of those things where it does sort of bum me out when I'm, when I'm out socially. So it sounds sort of silly, but learning about your, the local sports teams in your community, um, it's, it has actually pretty important because you're right. It's a go-to conversation piece. And I know, you know, that isn't really exactly what you're saying is memorize sports stats, but it is a good thing to know. Cause otherwise, if you don't know, you can't really participate in the conversation and you have to then find something, scramble to find something else. It's Um, a little tough, but I mean, you're such a good conversationalist, which is part of the reason why you've probably never felt the need to do anything like that in the first place, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, everyone's different, but it's just, you know, it's a word of advice for someone who like maybe isn't that good of a conversationalist, you know, start knowing more shit. So the the last thing I really want to talk to, uh, talk about is giving back. And and I don't mean uh, giving back uh, to your clients, although I'm sure you do that as well, but really giving back to the realtor community. This has been something that, again, I met you through um, one of your leadership positions at Chicago Association of Realtors. And this is something that I, I know is really important to you. Um, and I'd love to just hear about why you got involved initially um, and and really what that's meant to you, because you now have served on, on a number of committees um, and you're now part of an accelerated leadership program. You're, you're now just recognized as a 30 under 30. And by the way, National Association of Realtors doesn't care that much about production. They want somebody that's doing something that gives back as well. And so obviously that, um, you know, they, they considered you to be a, a very well-rounded individual in this business. So I'm just curious about giving back. Like, how did you even think to get involved initially? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it was like a cold email I got I, through a car and I was like, oh, applications for this thing called YPN. I'd never knew anything about like YPN, like never. So you weren't, through. you weren't somebody that even went to the YPN events. I didn't know anybody like, cause like I was such a closed off agent my first two to three years. I cannot even tell you because I like wouldn't even really do many MLS deals. I would do some, but not many. But when you're not doing MLS deals, you're not meeting a lot of these other agents that you're with. So like, it was very much like kind of just on a track, put your head down. And then this, I, I guess like joining YPN, I got that cold email and I applied. And I remember it was Grace Coggy, Jordan Pyle and Casey uh, Taylor who interviewed me. Um, and like, I never knew any of these people, nothing, didn't know what I was signing up for at all. And, you know, they ended up selecting me, you know, thankfully. And so my first year, I think we had like two events, right. And then COVID hit. And so then we totally yeah. shut down. And I, I remember towards the end, the person who was supposed to be the next year's chair ended up stepping down. And to this day, I still have no idea why, but Jordan, like, you know, pulled me aside. George, Jordan Pyle was the past chair, uh, or I guess was going to be the, was the, the current chair of that year. And he was like, Hey, listen, I think you should throw your name in the hat and, you know, sign up to the chair. I'm like, dude, I don't know anything. Like I basically went to two events. Like we were in COVID. Like I don't even like, I was on a zoom computer computer the whole time. Like me and these people, like, I don't know how any of this works, but you know, at that time, like I was, he was a mentor to me already. Um, and so I was like, you know what, like, I'll just, I'm not going to say no to this guy. If he, you know, I, I'd like to be where he is too. And so who am I to say no? So I did it. And then it was one of the best things I ever did because through that, I met all these amazing people. Um, you know, I, unfortunately only had three years. This is my last year there, but it's just, you know, exposed me to different mentors. It's allowed me to like better, you know, understand the industry. Like I, you know, our pack, like knowing where your money goes, like to me, it's, it was just so huge. And 
it's hard to think that like a random cold email that I just decided one day, I was like, huh, I should probably start meeting like more people and understanding, you know, what this industry is all about. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much how I got involved. And, you know, it's been, it's been pretty amazing ever since. And, and I, we, you and I were sort of talking about this before we, we started recording, but I feel, um, I just feel so lucky to be involved at this point because, yeah. because the people that are involved and again, every association is different and, but most of them are full of really just nice, good people, either the staff that, that works for directly for the association or the volunteers like yourself who, who, who give of their time to help organize events. Um, you end up just meeting a lot of great people in the industry, I think. And, yeah. and that's, it's, it's encouraging. It helps keep, like, it keeps my spirits up. I go, I go to the events and I'm not a practicing realtor. So oftentimes a lot of it's like, uh, you know, it's not really like where I would choose to spend my time, especially you know, um, because I, it's not really what I do, but just being around good people is, um, is really like uplifting and it's fun. And this is a tough business. And I, I also think too, like when you're, when you're somebody like yourself, who has been in some of these leadership positions, um, you know, people start to recognize that in you, maybe even people who aren't in, in involved in giving back and you start to become somebody who's, who builds, uh, you know, a nice reputation for yourself as an agent who people like, and, and he, he's really, um, philanthropic. And, and, and I think that becomes really helpful just working with other agents. And I'm curious if that's come up where, you know, maybe you're, you know, you've noticed that people are like, oh, aren't you the guy from, you know, from, from this committee or, or, or you, you know, I, it can only help the, your career as well, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I remember, yeah. Like when I first got started, I was like, sort of like weirded out by like how nice and friendly people were and like how open people were to like being like, you know, your mentor. I was like, this is weird. We're not even the same company. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I just, yeah, I wasn't, it, it totally opened my eyes. And then, you know, since then, you know, I've had three or four mentors. And so like, for me, like a big part of it is like the willingness that a lot of people have shown me in order to, you know, teach me, mentor me and all these things. So like, I just, you know, want to be able to do what I can to pay that forward. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's like the main, one of the main, you know, great things about it. But another great thing is like, you definitely will meet uh, a lot of agents will get to know these agents. They'll at least like know you. And so it definitely translates into, um, a much better work environment as well, I would say, sure. uh, because it is really important to know a lot of these people. And just to also like, like from the amount of people that I've met through, um, you know, different associations and networks, like it's a tough business, especially in a market right now where it's really tight inventory, like people are at each other's throats. And so to be able to like keep people, I, I guess, to prevent situations from exploding because you have, you know, that repertoire with different agents is, is super helpful. And at the end of the day, like, you know, we're just trying to help our clients get deals done. And sometimes, you know, knowing that person, knowing, you know, no one's not coming from a bad place. You guys know each other. It's just, it's super important. It goes a really long way. Um, so I would, you know, highly recommend anyone, you know, get involved in, in whatever your local network is for sure. And, and I am sure, you know, you, you just said something. And again, this is not why you serve and, and, and not the, the reason behind it, but there's a nice benefit to, to being known as the guy who gives back um, to the realtor community because it ends up helping all realtors. And also, um, you know, let's just be honest, like, and I don't mean Quentin needs to be honest. I'm just saying to everyone listening, let's just, let's just think about human nature here. If we're in a multiple offer situation and you're the listing agent and you see an offer come through, that's you know, maybe as good as any of the other offers, or maybe it's, 
maybe it isn't quite as good, but you're like that. Oh, that's my friend. I know that guy, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Quentin's a buddy of mine. And I see, I want Quentin to win that listing. Now, of course, you're always going to do what's in your client's best interest as a fiduciary. You don't really have an option not to do that, of course, or certainly hope people don't do that, but you want your friends to win. Right. And so you're like, oh, that's a good guy. And maybe it just gets a little bit more attention than the person who submits an offer where they're not known at all. And I'm not saying that that's how it should be. And and I, and I, ideal world, it wouldn't matter at all, but it does matter. And it is important and good relationships just help, <laughs> help get deals pushed through. And also too, it's like, Hey, that's a guy that gives back. Um, he's probably got his, his, his shit together for lack of a better way to say it. He's probably bringing me a, you know, a good offer. And again, it doesn't mean that you get special favors and it's not like right. all your deals get accepted, but it can't hurt. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's a nice little added bonus. Um, for sure. Yeah. And again, it's just to me, it's like a win-win all the way around is you get all this great experience and you get to also feel good about yourself for contributing, helping the realtor community. So it's a perfect win for you selfishly. If nothing else, you're like, Hey, I'm doing some good stuff out there and that feels good. And then, Oh, by the way, other people recognize that. And and maybe um, that helps me just have, like you said, better relationships with other realtors because it, it is called a cooperative commission and uh, the yeah. cooperative part is, is not, especially these days, it's not always so um, stressed as much as, as it could be. And, and when, when we see people who, you know, who give back, we, we want, we, we, I, I think it, it, it activates that part of us that wants to give back ourselves and we see it in other people and we're like, Oh, I want to be like that guy. So we, we automatically, you know, we tend to admire people who do that. And so, it really is. Um, it's, it's really, a, it definitely will help. <laughs> so yeah, there's, and I, mean, I, I don't see any downside to, to giving for that. sure. And like a lot of people, they don't understand like the plumbing of how any of like these associations and boards, how this stuff works. Like you look at like, we were one of the, you know, I, I don't know how many States exactly were able to continue to practice like right when COVID hit, but like we were fortunately one of those States. And once you kind of get involved and you kind of see the plumbing of these things and how this stuff works, like it's all, it's all in big part, like, you know, obviously, you know, our GADs and, and lobbying, like that, that stuff is, is a major player, but it's also a lot of the people who volunteer, you know, and, and spend their time. And, and a lot of the donations that go through our pack that really just go an incredibly long way. And a lot of these organizations are the reason why we're able to do what we're able to do. And, you know, unfortunately, just a lot of people don't, aren't aware of that. So, you know, I, I just think for that reason alone, it's, it's, it's super important to, to at least get involved or, or, or donate, you know? Yeah, either way. Um, and, and we know that everyone's busy and time is is the greatest resource and it's the most limited resource that we all have to deal with. So it's not that everyone can can share committees or or be involved in that way, but the very least you can uh, you can donate um, and you can learn about, you know, what some of these lobbyists are doing to ensure that we can make a living um, going forward. And it is important. And there are disruptors in the field, um, you know, just sort of saying it like it is. There's a lot of tech disruptors that would very much love to cash in on the commissions that realtors get to keep. Um, yeah. Companies are trying very, very hard to 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 get that commission um, through different technologies and, and trying to remove the realtor from, from that, yeah. uh, from the equation. And and they they might succeed at some point, it, it, you know, it, it, to some degree. And so you have to have people fighting on your behalf because technology is just going to keep making things easier, better, faster. And the realtor side of it, the actual interpersonal side, is so important. And that's same, something that so far 
AI hasn't totally figured out yet. Maybe they never will. And that would be great. But, it, it, you know, I always think like, you know, it, it's really important. And I, I didn't think about it for the first 10 years that I was in this industry. I was like, oh, I don't know what any of that stuff is. I don't know who's really fighting for me or whatever. And then Same. as I've learned, learned, yeah. And I, as I've learned more about it, I'm like, oh, they're actually doing really important stuff. And sometimes things get kind of down to the wire where legislation might get passed that would dramatically affect dramatically. realtors that- yeah. And you were just, you were just down at, at the, um, you were, we should mention Quentin just got back yesterday, uh, from, uh, going down to Springfield, uh, Illinois, um, to meet with legislators and, and also lobbyists and, and representatives and, and getting a chance to sort of see what's going on at the state level. And you were telling me off air that, that you were so surprised, not, not maybe not so surprised, but makes sense that a lot of these people who represent us, they're not as, as keyed into the, the issues because they have to know about every issue. Um, and really, estate might not be at the top of their list. And so we have these people that were, that are lobbyists that are really trying hard. Um, can, and can you talk about that experience just a little bit and, and, you know, getting involved at the state level? Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that was my first time going there. And like, I, again, like it comes down to like understanding the plumbing of how things work. And I still don't have a firm idea of how it works, but like, you know, like you'd mentioned, there are just a lot of legislators who, you know, they don't fully have a clear picture. Like they're not as informed as us. Like, and, and I know a lot of people don't sit here and think about that, but like, they're not like, they're just legislators. They're dealing with a million different issues on a state and local level. And so, you know, just being able to sit down and, and talk with various realtors who are, you know, have their phone line open to some of these legislators to sit down and talk with them and get a better idea of, you know, what does this bill mean? Or, you know, what are the unintended consequences or the intended consequences of this specific thing that, they otherwise wouldn't think of, you know, I mean, there's, there's 800 pages in some of these bills and it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's both, it's a good thing to see. It's also a concerning thing to see because we're putting so much effort into supporting the industry and we're making ourselves very accessible. And, you know, we definitely have an influence over legislation, but at the same time, we're relying on, you know, certain legislators who, you know, some, some do know their stuff and others like don't. And it's just like kind of wild to think about that, like a lot of, a lot of the, the people who volunteer and a lot of money that's spent, like it's going somewhere and it matters. And it, you know, it's definitely a big deal. And it took me, you know, that was the first time I really saw that actually play out in front of me. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Good, good to know. I'm going to keep, keep donating our pack. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and so for everyone listening, um, just to wrap up, cause Quentin's got a, he's a busy, busy guy with in between doing five to 10 showings a day and then all the volunteering that he does, which is quite substantial. Um, so we're going to let him get back to his busy day. But I, I think the, the point is, is just getting involved in this industry, really getting into it. And, and Quentin, I, I love that you kind of initially started and you didn't go to uh, St. Louis university to, to become a realtor, right? You were like, I, maybe I'll go the consultant route or become an attorney or, you know, do the law school thing or, um, uh, you know, or, or work in banking and finance. And that I'm guessing that was more of, of your, your college background. And same with me. I was, I was, I thought I was going to be a psychologist. I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And then, then I got out and I never have done anything close to that. And, and so it's, but you've got, really involved. I think that's sort of the key. And, and now you're being recognized by National Association of Realtors, and, and that's a, a huge deal. Um, so I think this idea of, of just contributing, getting passionate, getting into it, giving it your all, and just being a, a guy who, who likes to contribute um, and give back, I think is, is you know probably not an insignificant reason why you've become successful. I bet it's all connected. Um, so 
really, I really, I've always admired you. I think you're just somebody who is just doing a lot at a really early age when I think most people in their twenties are focused predominantly on themselves and developing themselves as, 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 as best we can. And the twenties are tough, I think, um, at least worse for me, but the fact that you've sort of found your footing and have already started contributing and giving back is, is a great lesson for anyone that's, you're never too old or young to do that. And, and you'll, you'll find if nothing else, but never helps you professionally, boy, your self-esteem and, and confidence will go through the roof because you're doing some good out there. So really, uh, really admire you for that. So um, to wrap up, um, we want to remind everybody to please visit Quentin at uh, on Instagram. Um, so please follow him there, which is Quentin Green underscore R-E, green without an E. So Quentin Green, like the color underscore R-E. And also for anyone listening that may have, you know, now we're in, just everyone can kind of live anywhere now and work anywhere, it seems. Um, and and if you have people that are moving to Chicago or, or maybe you're a suburban agent here in Chicago and you don't really know the city market well, um, I think most of the time you're doing your client a disservice by pretending that you can service an area that you just don't know. So this is a great opportunity if you have people either moving to the area and you want to work with a great up, I don't even want to call you up and coming because you're already you've already arrived, but somebody who has put in a lot of effort and time and he serviced a lot of people and his, his production's going up, Quentin would be a great guy to refer business to. Um, or if you're interested in just getting some advice, Quentin actually just did this for my girlfriend. This is what a great guy he is. Um, he actually just met with my girlfriend who's trying to figure out a way back into the industry in a little bit of a different way. Quentin's like, oh, let's go out for coffee. Or maybe she offered it or whatever, but he went and did that just for my girlfriend. He did not have to do that. So he's a great guy. And I really want to do everything we can to support great guys like, like Quentin, not that he needs our support. But if anyone out there is, uh, wanting to work with you directly, whether they're a buyer, seller, an investor, a developer, uh, or maybe they're a realtor from another area that have people moving here. What's the best way they should reach out? Uh, definitely email. Yeah. Emails. Uh, you'll probably have it, you know, somewhere I assume, but it's just qgreen at downtownloop.com. So um, that's the best way. And then you can look me up online. I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, so yeah, call me, email me. Definitely prefer email, but calling works too. Yeah, he, Quentin's a great guy, and and again, congratulations on the thirty under thirty. You're you're. Uh, I saw some of the other thirty under thirty people. I recognize some of those names. Um, and you're you got a great class uh, with you. So, um, I'm very excited to uh, to continue to watch your growth and congratulations for uh, ten million in production. Um, just incredible uh, with the amount of of work that you do outside of real estate or you know to give back as well. I know you're a busy guy. So, congrats on all the success and. Uh, we will, um, on behalf of everyone, want to say thanks to Quentin for spending time with us today. And on behalf of Quentin and myself, we want to thank the audience and listeners uh, the, and viewers, um, everyone for uh, participating in our show and also supporting us in the best way you can support us. Uh, of course, always check out our sponsors. We have great sponsors. Check them out buy their products and services. They're awesome. We don't take on any, just anyone as a, as a, uh, as an advertiser, we only take on, uh, you know, real estate, real estate adjacent sort of businesses that we think could really help brokers. So there's one way. Another way is to tell a friend about our podcast. Think of one other agent that could use um, uh, the knowledge that Quentin just shared in this episode and send them a link to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. And then, or if they're a podcast person, just have them pull up any podcast app, search for keeping it real and hit the subscribe button. And then last, leave us a review. Um, we really appreciate this. So this helps us get feedback on uh, 99% of you um, don't give us feedback. And that's totally cool. And I understand that I don't get feedback for a podcast that I'm listening to either, but it really is helpful for the host 
me uh, and our team to know what is working and what you would prefer to us to change. So whatever app you might be using to listen to the show, definitely leave us a review. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to see change because we do it for you anyway. So let us know your thoughts. Um, but Quentin, thank you so much. We will see everybody on the next episode. Yep. Thanks, DJ.